Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. This episode of In The Moment was recorded in May of 2021. On today's episode, Tony interviews casting director Zora de Horder. They talk about the likeness of casting directors and actors, the do's and don'ts of auditioning, and the importance of giving it your all, making a great impression, and leaving it at the door. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In The Moment Podcast, where I have a special guest who I've known for a long time. And she still looks as gorgeous and is as amazing as when we met like 15 years ago. Um, let me introduce the amazing human being, woman, artist in her own right, casting director, Zora de Horder. This is where we push the button and you hear the applause. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, Zora. How are you? Good. And we, when we get started, is that one of your kids? I love it. Just one. I only have one. Oh, just one. Okay, yeah. I, I remembered you had kids, but uh, okay, one. How old is he? Ten. Oh, hi. Hi. How's it going? Not good. Not good. He's not having a not good day. He's having months of blues. Aw, and also I'm sure like he's ready to get back out in the world, right? <laughs> I want to be in bed. He wants to be in bed. Oh. Okay, okay, go, go, go. Go get ready for basketball. Love you. I love it. See, this is this is live podcasting. <laughs> Um, we could talk about how's been parenting during COVID, you know, I mean, oh my goodness. Um, so I mean, sorry, I don't want to like going way back. I mean, you have so many credits, but I'm just going to list a few because I also love like going back into the bowels of like people who've been in the business for a long time. You've been in it longer than I have, but well, uh, maybe about the same. I don't know when you started, but you'll tell us, but here's just a few of your credits. Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, way back in the nineties. She Spies. I loved She Spies with Natasha Hestridge. I loved it. Yeah. The youngins won't even know what this is. I know. It's such a shame. It was so good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ali G in the house. And that was Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Absolutely. Black Widow, on and on and on. So you've seen it all. You've done it all. So what's the sort of secret sauce to longevity uh, as a casting director or just as a creator in the business? Uh, I think the, um, the secret to longevity in anything really is just persistence. Just keep on keeping on, uh, don't give up, don't try to cut any corners, just keep doing the good work, have a good work ethic and you will get rewarded. Eventually. Yeah, we talked about, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. No, when we talked about that in the clubhouse, I mean, I think that's what I've always liked about you, even though I hadn't talked to you in a while, is that when we first met, so do you remember where we met? It was at a backstage, it was at the backstage, was this one backstage used to have those big, like, um, what would you call them? Uh, like conferences, but they would bring in all these guest speakers. Yes, that's right. And then, yeah, and that was like 15 years ago, maybe not that long ago, yeah. 10 years ago. Wild. I mean, years <laughs> blend. They just are going so fast. I'm like, what? But and then we just were talking on a break, and I just was like, oh my god, I love you, and all of our philosophies were very much, you know, in alignment. And I find that most of the casting directors I'm friends with, a lot of them, we share the same sort of aesthetics about, yeah. you know, it's not rocket science, right? But it it does feel a little bit like rocket science until you start trusting some of these basic things that we're we keep driving home over and over and over again. Yes, exactly. exactly. So what have, you, what have you, I mean, just tell us a little bit about your journey because you are and were an actor, right? Yes, I did acting. Uh, that was my original forte was acting. I, um, I studied in England. I went to Guildhall School of Music and Drama while I was in boarding school. I went to boarding school in England, all girls from the age of seven to 18. And while I was there, I went to Guildhall. I'd take the coach to town, to London, and go to go do classes at Guildhall. And I just fell in love with acting. Um, and then came to uh, Los Angeles. And um, while at USC, I got more of the acting bug because obviously the film school's right there. Uh, and uh, decided, you know what? I want to do acting. So I did acting for a bit. But for me personally, everybody's journey is different but I wasn't getting the satisfaction of acting mm. that I wanted. Uh, you got to remember this is back, you know, 90s, like you point, end of the 90s, early 90s to 20, you know, 2000. And um, when people would see me, they couldn't connect the black face, the black person with this British accent, especially a proper British accent. I mean, I have, I have a boarding school accent. Mm. It's definitely relaxed a lot now, but I, I, you know, if I was in London, they'd go, ooh, boarding school right away. So people would look at the casting directors, would look at me and go, what are you? And I go, I'm black. And they couldn't connect that. Uh, at the I mean, now you see black British everywhere. Uh, and for one of my problems as an actor, right, well, yeah. I was a thespian, I, I was really trained. I could knock out anything, but I could not yeah. do dialects. I could not do dialects. So that's what I try to encourage mm. people now, do dialects. Dialects will help you so much. Because uh, when I would do an American, I would do like a broadcast American, and there wasn't enough work for that. I couldn't do anything regional. I couldn't right. do anything. Uh, I just couldn't. I just, I didn't know how to, I couldn't compute it. So for me, I was getting things like the exotic foreigner. <laughs> but at the time, there was only so many exotic foreigners that they were casting. So I just wasn't working enough as an actor. So I thought, if I'm going to give up acting, I want to be around actors because I love that energy. And um, I was able to uh, work for free because as a casting director, there is no school to learn how to do it. In fact, I was so lucky. I actually taught at Los Angeles City College how to be a casting director. And wow. um, just so you know, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the board of directors for Casting Society of America. And we now have training and education. We have mentorship programs. So, and it's all free. So you can learn how to be a casting director through CSA, Casting Society of America. But at the time, there wasn't any of this stuff. So I had to work for free and I chose the casting offices that I admired, you know, Junie Larry Johnson, Mary Jo Slater, all the top people, you know, that are still top now. And I learned from the best basically. 
And then after a year, I got my first film, which is with Percy Adlon, who did Baghdad Cafe. Yeah, uh, lovely experience. He's an amazing director. I was lucky. That was my first experience working with a director by myself. And he was a dream. He was a dream to me, really brilliant actors. And I thought, this is it. I'm doing it. I love it. And I've been casting, like you said, doing TV film. I do commercials as well. And uh, freelancing for the last 20 years now. Well, I mean, is Percy still alive? Yes, he is. He's still alive. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we talked about that. I looked him up recently, and, and it looked like they didn't see. It seemed like he was very active still. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I told you in the clubhouse. I was so obsessed with Baghdad Cafe. I went out and bought the single from the soundtrack. And <laughs> calling you. That was the song. And it actually became, I think, like a kind of a hit in pop radio. Like, not like number one, but it was in the top 40. It was kind of weird. But <laughs> I love that movie. And CCH Pounder, who still is acting and like doing amazing stuff. Yes, but um, so, I mean, the, the, there's so many things that pop out to me. But like, being a freelancer is interesting, right? Because I'm always trying to tell actors that casting directors are like jobs for hire in a way like they're like actors right you're you're having to interview for the next job whatever that is so do you do you like this sort of impermanence of being a freelancer or do you because you could get a studio job let's say and be more secure right well that easy everybody says oh just get a studio job <laughs> first of all there's not that many yeah. and the people that have it they're not going to leave because they have yeah. Uh, you know, you have a regular paycheck, you get all the health benefits, you get the, you know, 4-1, you get all the package, the whole thing. Why would you leave? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'd love to, I mean, I mean, you know, not to overshare, but, you know, being a single, I'm now a single parent. Um, and, you know, children, now I understand when they say children cost a lot. My son is growing so quickly. Every, every few months, he's got to have brand new clothes, brand new shoes. So it starts to add up. So the freelancing was sexy and cool for a while, uh, but there's, I would love to have more, you know, more steadiness to be honest, but yeah. um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. But I'm grateful, I'm grateful. I'm casting three films right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's been really great. I'm really grateful. And like I said, I'm on the board of directors for Casting Society of America, and I'm really active with that. I'm, on the, I'm the VP of communications. So between that and my son and these three films, I'm really busy in a great way. Um, yeah. So I'm really blessed. I'm really fortunate because uh, I know there's still some that aren't working yet. So I'm really grateful, really, really grateful because freelancing can be so scary. When the pandemic first happened, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? This is all I've done for 20 years. I have no other skills. I have no other skills. Uh, I, I mean, I, I coach acting as well. Thank God for that. You know, that's been helping me out as well. But um, it was scary. And then luckily, slowly but surely, commercials started up and then other things started happening. Yeah. I mean, I think like it, to me, to be a casting director in independent film space is also really risky because it's hard, right? Because like movies get their money and then sometimes the money falls out. A lot of times the money falls apart and then they have their name and then the name. It's a really challenging I guess I'm saying all these things because I think actors sometimes get myopic and they don't realize that there's so many sort of pitfalls and challenges no matter what you choose to do in this business. Exactly. And casting directors are, are kind of 
in the same boat as actors, right? Uh, in terms of, yeah. That's funny you said that because one of the things I thought about being a casting director is more stability. Security, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but to be honest with you, I think for me personally, uh, I think another reason casting for, was, a, was a better fit for me, I just didn't want to be judged about the phys anything physically as well and you know the attributes about my physical body and because uh, I hate to say it that's also part of being an actor it's not just about yeah. how well you act it's about the whole package is the whole package sellable for whatever reason yeah, that's right be, I'm not saying you have to be that's right. skinny uh, but that whatever what they need for that project or whatever they need for that show you have to fit the whole thing not just where you sp not the way you act as well and I didn't want that anymore uh, I didn't want to be you know but just be scrutinized in that way anymore so at least with casting, yes, it's the same kind of trying to hustle and trying to find your job, your next job, like acting, but at least I'm behind the scenes. So it is mm. about uh, credentials. It's about, you know, connection and, and how well you get on with the person um, eating, interviewing you. Uh, well, so I think, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, that's it, yeah. Well, I was gonna say to that point, you know, Justine Bateman has a new book out and she's talking about, it's really specific to, why women, not just in Hollywood, but why women everywhere in America feel like they uh, sort of having to be under the knife and constantly have to do something to their faces. And she's not, you know, she understands that some people feel like it's what they need to do, but she's presenting, I haven't read it yet, but just in some of the stuff that I've read about it, just presenting this really interesting argument about why, why are women tasked to hold themselves to a different standard than men are, right? But one of the things that she talks about in, in terms of our physicalness as an actor is like, how acting is really, maybe it's changing because there are so many ancillary aspects to acting now, but what you just spoke to is it really, we forget like for me too, why I also started exploring other aspects of my creativity is because acting doesn't, oftentimes there's not a lot of agency being given to the actor because there are so many variables that are like you just said, completely out of the actor's control that even if you try to manage them, they're not really, they're not, you can't tick a box because it still doesn't matter because it's all relative, right? Like exactly. you can be the perfect weight or have the right hairstyle or have the great nose job, but still it's not, it, none of those things really at the end of the day secure a job. So it's yeah. sort of like a no, it's a zero sum game. It's kind of what her exactly. argument is, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I've seen actors lose a role because you know, uh, one of the, the lady reminded me too much of the, his ex-wife. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. like you can't yeah. control, I can't control that. <laughs> yeah. If there's a visceral feeling about someone that like, oh, I don't like the look because they remind me of someone, it's obviously the producer's prerogative. That's the thing. I, that's why I always say to an actor, do your best audition and then leave it at the door because it's beyond your control after that. That's right. There's just, it's not personal. It's so important to kind of keep reminding actors that that it is just about so many other aspects that you don't even know what's happening in the room you've been in those rooms Zora, yeah. so you probably you probably in your mind fighting for the actor who you were like you know you've just been advocating for for a long time and then you hear oh well we like this person because and you're like oh gosh i mean you've you've been a part of those stories i'm sure i mean many of my casting director friends have right maybe absolutely yeah. And that's why, like I said, again and again, just please just do your best job, leave a good impression. That's all you can do. And then leave it at the door. But I also think like for somebody like you or like uh, um, casting directors of mine that I, 
I really admire. Like they may bring in the person that they really, really feel is like super talented and they really believe in them. And then obviously it doesn't go their way, but because they really believe in that person, they just keep bringing them back. And then eventually they break through. You know, that's, that's why casting directors are, and why casting directors aren't being acknowledged for their work is a whole other thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's another thing that's sad. <laughs> Aren't they, are you guys, is your, is, is the CSA petitioning to be recognized in terms of like Academy Award? Uh, like, I know that's been going on for a long, long, long time. time. Well, that's sort of the key. That's one of the reasons the Casting Society of America was formed in the, in the beginning was so we could have the Artios, we can celebrate each other and have our own award ceremony, which is actually on the 15th of April, by yeah, the way. That's coming up. Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's one of the reasons we started it. And now BAFTA have, a, have the category for cast and directors. Oh, and you wow. Know how, you know how America always follows the British. Follows. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. hoping, I'm hoping that because BAFTA is doing it now, that the Oscars will do it as well. Did they just do it at yesterday's uh, awards? Or is it for next year? I, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know what's happening this year, but I know they've started. Oh, the OK, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard that that's what's happening with BAFTA. So I'm really happy about that. Because yeah. to be honest, if the you know if the if the key grip and all those people can get, why can't we get it as well? I mean, of course, everybody's worthy. So we are the ones too. I mean, obviously, uh, a, a lot of times the director and the producers have all the studio have the final say. But we're the ones who are instrumental in bringing the actors and finding the actors and you know doing all that drudgery and legwork of actually finding those people for you. Yeah, it is really ensemble work that you pull together. It's really yeah. like. I don't know how my casting director friends, I don't know how you guys do it. It's super hard. And it's also, I mean, obviously you love it and you love people, but also like you have to have a really encyclopedic card catalog brain because people can, casting directors remember actors like, oh, I, that girl, that girl. And then they're able to pull the person up in their mind. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> there are so many actors. How do you, especially so nowadays, how do you it's track now. all that? It's, it's harder now. Because when I would put out a breakdown, when I first was casting 20 years ago, and I put out a breakdown for, let's say, you know, uh, blonde, six, uh, five foot six, uh, girl next door, um, comedic, you know, stuff like, you know, just basic, I'd get maybe 300 submissions back 20 years ago. Now I put the same description, I get 1200 people. Like, where's oh, everything shit. coming from? It's a lot, it's overwhelming, it's overwhelming. Uh, so, so try and navigate, wait. remember all those faces and names. It's a lot. But so Zora, wait, I just, I have to jump in there. So if you literally average like 800, 900, 1200 uh, cast or uh, submissions, like you can't possibly see every, I mean, how do you, so how do you, I think it will be important for our listeners. Cause I think, I think actors are always trying to figure out how to get in the room and how do you get in the room if you're not with the top five agencies or management companies or so like what what open what makes you open up a submission over somebody else uh i i can't i can't put my finger on it specifically but for me generally speaking i think the picture the picture has to sparkle some kind of joy right away i look at the picture and i i, I get i feel some positive sensation I get, I get a yeah. spark I see a sparkle uh yeah. light in their eye that's why I'm, I'm not big on serious tough pictures that people are frowning because then you can't see the eyes look light up 
So I, yeah. I, must, I prefer a soft smile, looking straight down the barrel of the lens. So it almost looks like they're looking right at me. Right. Um, and just a soft smile with a sparkle. Does something ignite something in their eyes? When I look at it, I'm like, wow, I wanna click on this picture and, and find out more about this person. Especially if I don't know them. I mean, obviously I hate to say it, but uh, if you're going, depends how quickly you're going. If I've got time, I'll, I'll go through all the pictures. If I don't, I may go through uh, my you know, the agencies that I've worked with that they know I know their taste. Yeah. They always make me yeah. look good. Because the reality is, as casting directors, we're only as good as the actors we bring in. So meaning that I need to bring in actors that look that do a great job. They'll have the work ethic that come in every time and just nail it. They may not book it, but they just make me look good because they're just on point. They have the strong choices. They're memorized, they're connected, uh, they look, look like they're having fun. Yeah. And I know that sounds silly to say, but sometimes actors walk in like, I'm not worthy, I don't wanna be here. And it's awful to have that energy. I keep saying, it's such a burden, to, you put that burden now on us. Yeah, yeah. Not okay. Mm -hmm. So I'd like an actor to, you know, the, so I'd like to bring in actors that just spark joy and fun that they wanna be here. They love doing this work and they can't wait to do more work. So it depends on how fast I'm going. But if a picture sparks something to me, then I'll look at the resume and go down the resume. And, you know, it's training, obviously. Training, then maybe theater, depending on what I'm looking for and what kind of, uh, what kind of level of acting I need. Um, but the training is where I'll start, then maybe theater and then TV and then go from there, depending on what I need. And what about like real versus a uh, real versus um, uh, like a, just a, a self tape uh, of material? I don't care. I'm actually fine with if you happen to have if you don't have a great reel and you only have some monologues showcases you've done or some self tapes. I'm actually okay with that. To be honest with you, I know all cast not all casting directors are. They don't want to see other people's casting directors scenes coming up for them. I'm okay with it. I just want to see how you walk and talk. And if I don't know you, if I don't know you, and all I'm seeing is a flat photograph and a resume that's maybe not that full yet, I need to see video immediately, just so I can see how well you can move and talk. Um, and that's another reason why, if you don't have a good reel, make sure your social media, you have fun, your website, you have video, something, so I can just see how you walk and talk and not just still photos everywhere. You use, really I'm sure you, you, sorry, go ahead. No, I think it's really important that we see video content of you somehow. Yeah. Well, I, I have two thoughts. One is I, uh, there's a client of mine that I'm, I've been working with and he, I think this weekend he was going to one of those real places to shoot like a, a demo scene. And listen, I support him in it. Although I, I just, I, I keep telling him if you just put down a really great self tape. Yeah. You know, it's going to be sufficient. And I, I just, I wonder about reels anymore. Like I, for me, I feel like if somebody has, a, you know, established essential work, of course, they're going to put together a reel. You know what yeah. I mean? That they're a series lead or a series regular, or, you know, five, five episode arc guest star, whatever. But I, I, I sometimes feel like people who are just kind of uh, hodgepodging together bits and pieces of stuff to try to create a reel if it's not really legitimate work yet. I think it's just more advantageous nowadays just to put down a really great self-tape of something. Especially if it's current, because another thing about reels, guys, is oh, yeah, that's I don't right. want, want a reel that's, you know, three five, years old, 10, yeah. 15 years old. It's like, that doesn't help <laughs> me. I need to see you now. I need to see how you are within oh, the God. months. Uh, the, and that's one of the reasons I could point out again, 
I may tap into your social media because I can go, oh, that's all good. That's how they looked two hours ago or whatever it is. Um, so please keep things current, keep your photos current because uh, that's another turn off. If you look at the photo and then the person comes into the space, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, what time is your appointment? Oh, yeah, this, <laughs> like, that's you? It's not okay. I know everybody wants to think, well, I haven't really changed in five years. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. <laughs> I know everyone's in denial about aging, but five years, a lot happens as well. Facial structure, our, jow, our, our, our you know, chin, everything yeah, changes. Lines, yeah. Yeah, and it's okay. These aren't bad things, guys. We right. just got to embrace right. it and keep having new headshots. You've got to keep up to date. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really important point. Zara, is like, there's nothing wrong with getting older. There's nothing wrong with aging into a new phase of who you are. But it is funny when people will like, or sometimes on Instagram, I'll stumble upon, I felt like this happened the other day. Like I, somebody maybe contacted me and I went to their page and it was all these photos of him, but they were like from circa 1997. And he doesn't <laughs> look like that now. And I'm like, well, wait, you don't have to, <laughs> that was like when we were in our 20s. I was like, you don't, he's in his like mid 40s or early 50s now. You yeah, don't have to okay. present yeah. the young you. And also, you can't do that, right? Yeah, you, like I would, you would be pissed off. If, I would be really if, pissed off. That's my biggest pet peeve. That's why, like I said, if I'm not sure about the headshot, if I'm questioning it even for one, my instinct is telling me there's something not right about this photo. Because um, like you said, sometimes people don't realize you can see the datedness of a photo too. Oh, yeah, yeah, Some you can. Yeah, for sure. dated. They look, they look flat. There's a flatness to it. The color scheme. There's a, there's a different, like you said, from the '90s. There's a different way the photographs were fit, were developed or something. So you can see that it doesn't look current. So I'll just go and tap onto whether it's Instagram, whatever it is, and just see how you look now because I. It's important that I know how you look now. And another thing too, please about headshots. Please don't airbrush to death. Those lines, those lines, you've lived your life. Be proud of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. freckles, moles, uh, wrinkles, it's all great. It's, we, sometimes we need that. Sometimes I need that for casting. I'm actually looking for that for my role. So when you take it all out and you flatten your face, I'm like, okay, forget this person, I'll go on to the next person. And you just missed an opportunity because you chased yours to airbrush to death. Well, we are living in the filtering of our lives, right? Like there, it's just not, to me, it's so scary because I think people are leaning harder into the belief that that's the real world than, you know, than what it really is. Yeah. It's really kind of like scary to me also, especially because in storytelling, like you just said, people come in all shapes and colors and sizes and ages and I temperaments and personalities yeah. and that's what being a storyteller is. That's exactly. what being on this planet is about. We want that. We want that. But Zara, I think the thing to, to the thing about actors presenting themselves the way they want to be seen rather than way, where they are, are twofold. One is it's about control. Yes. And I also think it's about not trusting that the casting director, it's not trusting themselves, but it's also not trusting that the casting director is going to see what it is they need to see about where you can go or how you can get cast or what your type is or it to me, you know, the work that I've been doing with actors is so much of the work is about letting go of control. Yeah. Which counterintuitively creates the most spontaneous, exciting, dynamic life lived. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's I so easy. Time. But you say yeah. that all the time too, when I'm teaching as well. Let go of the control. 
I know. We need to tag team teach at some point. Maybe. I'd love that. Oh my God, that'd, that'd be a dream. That would be a dream. Yeah. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. I mean... I wish you kind of still acted because I can see your acting presence because oh, you have a big you. personality. You know oh, what I mean? Thank you. And, That's and so funny because I've had a few casting directors who said to me, you gave up too soon. But, you know, for me, it was my, I felt for me, everybody, you know, experiences it differently. For me, it was my time to leave. But but maybe right, I, I have this dream about, you know, when I become, a re when I retire, because one of the things <laughs> I loved is theater. One of the things I loved, Anthony, oh, yeah. theater. Yeah. I yeah. loved theater, the live audience. Yeah. Every day you weren't sure what the energy was going to be like. I loved all that. So my dream is when I become a retiree, an elderly citizen, is to do fun little community theater somewhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> in my wheelchair, in my wheelchair, getting on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's also, but Zora, I also don't, I, as I, if I look at like my life unfolding, I don't always think of things in terms of like, you didn't give up your your own curiosity and your own intelligence helped you see that there were other this is my whole thing about acting is that we are not just actors like right we can we can be actors and build birdhouses and be botanists and lovers and do poetry and be pilot we can be many many different things and so yeah. to limit ourselves just in one expression of our artistic totality is not a life well lived. And ironically, yes, if we allow ourselves to, you're as evocative to me, oh look, I'm gonna start crying because I feel this. You're oh. as evocative to me in this moment, more so than an actor necessarily acting would be. And my whole philosophy about the power of acting is just a title we put on top of, or a job, that we naturally should be and can be doing all the time in life. Yes. Evoking feeling, creating yes. connection, yes. sharing, risking feeling. See what I'm saying? Yes. So you do that. That's why I've always responded to you, but I'm using, I always teach a little bit on my podcast. I have to like, <laughs> but I think it's, a, you know, I'm always going to be a teacher. I mean, yeah. but I guess my point is, is for me, I was acting a lot and sometimes I like, uh, you know, I'm in a movie that uh, a movie of mine I sold to Hulu uh, a couple of years ago. That's and a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, you were so good in the movie, whatever." And and I enjoy it, but like I also I, I realize like my life acting opened up so many other aspects of creativity for me that I don't ever look back at it as something that I gave up. It's just something that I stepped into something else. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I think it. I think it takes, if actors could not just get so focused on just the acting part, yeah. they would thrive more. Yes. They would go into your room and they would, with all due respect, they wouldn't give any fucks because they would be more <laughs> liberated. Yes. Yeah, which and then it would make you even look better because you're like, oh my gosh, that person is so alive yeah. and raw and they're going for shit and they're fun. They're having play. Yeah. It's like, 
It's the things you're wanting the actor to do that sadly a lot of actors have not been taught that. Yeah. I want an actor to walk into my space with the energy of, I'm going to make your day better and let me show That's you right. how. That's right. Well, you have a casting problem. That's why you've called them in because they could be the answer. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. I don't, want a... in. I don't want an actor walking in and saying, um, is there anything you'd like me to do that you haven't seen oh, yet? Oh, no. Yeah, no. When I hear that, I'm thinking this person's not ready. I'm so turned no. off by that. Yeah. What can I do differently? No, you've got to come in already with your choices, strong points of view, already set. You can't come in there and say, what can I do that you haven't seen yet? It's like, oh, it's such a bad, such a bad feeling about the person not being ready. But, but Zora, I'm sorry, I'm just writing this down because I think that's such an, a valid point. It's something I talked about in class today, weirdly enough. When an actor says, what can I do differently? Again, they have, well, you just said it's so true. They probably don't even understand themselves in the work yet. But I would argue every single, there are 7 billion people on the planet. We're all doing things differently. So that person doesn't even trust that their own way of showing up in the work is going to be different than the way uh, Nicole Kidman does it or yeah. Jennifer Lawrence or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, so it's so interesting how, I, I was saying today, and I think a lot of actors were like, oh shit. I always say, go for the most obvious thing. This is how easy I think acting can be. Go for the most obvious thing that is already embedded in the story, in the narrative, in the, the dramaturgy of the piece, and yet trust that your own unique, weird, beautiful, special self is going to not read obviously. Because you, director, you understand kind of like the, the, the arc of the story of what's happening, of the through line. So you kind of know kind of the, 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 the marks that need to be hit, but how a person chooses to hit it as themselves is what makes them them. Exactly. 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 So I don't think it's rocket science, I guess, is my, I'm trying to always remind people to not overthink it. That's the thing. They all overthink it. Everybody yeah. thinking it. They get in their own way sometimes. Yeah. How do you make an omelet? You break the eggs and then you just make <laughs> the omelet. Like it's not, <laughs> it's like not that hard. Crack the egg and then skillet it. I don't know. Yeah. So Zora, tell, tell us some do's and don'ts. Let's go with your don'ts first. Um, well, you just said one. What can one. I do differently? That's what a did, bit, what would you, that's, that's what a bit would you like to see? Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a big one for me to be honest with you, because I'm shocked by how how often I'm still hearing that. Um, yeah, that is shocking. Yeah. Um, Any other don'ts? Do's, you know, the, I don't I, I don't know about don'ts necessarily, but the do's yeah. are obvious. You know, just try to be try to be as familiar with as familiar off book as you can, because it just gives you the freedom to play. Because there are times in an audition, because don't forget I'm the casting director. So I'm also directing you. I may direct you. I may check, I may, I may give you an adjustment. And by the way, another thing too, guys, if you get an adjustment, don't now become, oh God, I screwed up. Because unless you can see the actor almost fold into themselves thinking they screwed up. No, it could just be, we want to challenge you and right. see how well you take direction. Because let's be honest, guys, actors, you are the facilitator. It's the director's medium. And you're there to facilitate for the director. So I need to make sure that you can take direction. So I may challenge you. I may say, instead of crying, this time laugh it off. 
I don't want to hear, well, why would my character do that? What's the motivation? I don't want to hear all that. I just want to hear like a kid would. This is why kids are the best to direct. Okay. And they do it. Be that way, be that, be that pliable and that playful. And that can only happen if you're really familiar with the material. So that way you're not going, wait, wait a second. When, which part of the script should I do that in? You're not now trying to second guess yourself and look at the sides looking confused. You can go, oh yeah, okay, hold on. I can do that, sure. And I love that confidence because that can only come if you're really familiar with the material. So just get familiar with the material, make strong choices and make them your own choices. Don't try and second guess what you think we want to see. Don't try and do, like you said, you know, like, you know, you even said, uh, oh my God, I think Nicole Kidman would do it like this. Forget about Nicole Kidman. You're not yeah. her. Make right. it yours. You are unique. You're all unique. Find your uniqueness and make it be part of the character. So that way you're, it's truly yours and no one will do it exactly the same way as you. It's not possible because you put yourself truly into the character. So I love to see that. I love to see people really owning it and just having strong commitment, strong choices, coming to the space, saying, I'm ready, you do it, and be graceful about leaving. Don't linger, just say thank you. Oh, the lingering. Yeah, that's so uncomfortable. I mean, obviously with Zoom, I could just knock you out. But when I was auditioning <laughs> and it's just me and the actor is there, sometimes it can feel uncomfortable, to be honest with you. And I Creepy. hate to say that I know people don't like the Zoom space. I love it because I feel safe now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because now I can I can just log you off if I need to. But just, uh, people, yeah. just say thank you. Just say thank you and leave. Believe me, if I want you to stay, I'll say, wait, uh, I need you to do this again. And I'll tell you what to do. If you don't, if I just say thank you, say thank you back and leave. So please be graceful about leaving the room. Um, so that's my big, uh, you know, to do's, I guess. That's a big one. I always forget. There's always a lingerer. Do not linger, you guys. Oh, it's just so <laughs> desperate. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. creepy stalkerish, right? Like, oh gosh. No, don't because like as long as you when when you when an actor does an audition and they don't get an adjustment, you can see they look deflated again. No, you may have done what we needed you to see. It may not be a bad thing. If you don't get an adjustment, it's not necessarily a bad thing either. So please don't yeah. overthink it. Just do yeah. your best job and leave gracefully and move on with your day and move on with your life. Don't dwell on it. Well, also, like, I mean, I think what you speak to, I think the actor is trying to always read the room in a way that they don't have all of the information. They're trying to read a map and half of the, the roads are missing for them and they're trying yeah. to make sense of it. Because yeah. you, you may give somebody an adjustment and you just want to see them take the adjustment because they're right and they did something interesting and they didn't take the adjustment well and whatever. Or you may not give somebody an adjustment because maybe they're a really good actor, but you, this is the thing about casting. I think this is the thing about everything in life. You pretty much make up your mind within a very short amount of time. Yes. So let's say if I came in and read for you and I gave a great read, but you know, I'm just not right for the role. Well, thanks so much. Like, I just confirmed that I wasn't right for that. That's it. So yeah. it doesn't, right? But the actor, yeah. the actor, I think, is also so trying to figure out doing something right versus doing something wrong. And we know that there is no such thing. It's just doing yes. it committedly and fully. Yes. So, I mean, these are all the things that I preach. I feel like I'm a broken record, but actors... <laughs> Actors need to have it tattooed, yeah. but I do think I haven't heard the lingering one in a long time. Don't linger. <laughs>
you want to be the first one to get up and go actually in, in terms of thinking about it like that. Remember in my dating years, I would linger. Oh, I was a lingerer. <laughs> oh my God. I was so starved. You know, I'd just be on a blind date or whatever. And they'd be like, okay, I got to go. And I was like, oh, just have another, please. You know what I mean? And now I realize, like, well, now I'm not single. So it's great. I guess I stopped lingering. And then he wanted me to stay. <laughs> you want them to want you to stay. Exactly. Oh, I have a lot of, I could, I'm writing a, another book about like acting is like dating because it really is. <laughs> It is, Laura. You, you can tell within the first few seconds somebody comes in the room. You're reading their energy. Now, they have to start reading, right? But you're, you're tracking them as a casting director. Oh, are they look what they look like? Is this the right essence, their height, their, all of it? And then, <laughs> then if they read and they do a good job, then it's a, a, a different story maybe. But yeah. again, it's, it's, it's just reiterating what we keep saying. It's not yeah. personal, right? Exactly. I do think all the actor can manage is their own technique, their craft, their work, their play, whatever word we want to use for it, just showing up presence. But also at the end of the day, it's also not always about that. That's all we can manage. But yes. sometimes it's not a meritocracy. The best actor is not always going to get the job. Yes, exactly. 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 Which sucks. That does, does suck. It does suck. But... You keep on keeping on and then you find casting directors like yourself who like you and they keep bringing you back and that's exactly. how a career. Exactly, that's, what the, that's the reality of it. You may not get that role, but we will. if you look, make us look good, we're gonna bring you back and bring you back. And hopefully the 21st time you'll find a book something. But yeah. these, are the kind of, these are the kind of relationships you want. You want the casting director to be an advocate for you where they are bringing you back over and over and you're building the relationship with them, where there's a point where you're hugging each other after every audition, oh, you know, yeah. sharing information about your personal lives. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Uh, um, so just keep doing the good work and I'm, I'm convinced you'll get rewarded eventually. Well, I, I'll just uh, say that my pet peeve, so in defense of all my casting director friends, and I wish actors would really, I'm sure tomorrow somebody will say this to me, I'm always like, if they'll go in for a casting or they had a callback and I'm like, oh, who did you go in to read for? And they're like, oh, I, I, I don't know. They don't no. ever know. Oh, who terrible. It's terrible. Uh, Ter actors, you heard it here from a casting director. It Say it again. Yeah, it's awful. I don't understand awful. how you can't know. That's another you, part of being prepared. Not just knowing your size, but be prepared. Right. Know who you're going to read for. Know it yeah. inside and out. Look up their credits. Go online, research these people not just the casting director, the director, the producers. So that way you walk into the safe space. Like this, I mean, cause I do, you know, I do, you know, private coach coaching for people who are doing auditions. And so, so who's the casting director? Um, I said, come on, you're meeting the casting director. You don't know who the casting director is. That's I not know. good. No, it's not good. good because it's also just, well, first of all, you just want to be a human being relating to another human exactly. being and doing a job. And like, so it's insane that you wouldn't say, oh, hi, Zora, or whatever. That's the first thing. But also thinking about it in terms of a career, like if you remember who you went in for and you do a great job, I'm going to write down, oh, I went and saw Zora and you remember what it was for. And then exactly. in two months from now, Zora might be casting something else. You call up your agent and you're like, Zora, we had, I think she liked me. Can we get in again? That's yeah. how it happens. Exactly. I love when that actors happens. go, Zora, you're not going to leave this. You auditioned me back when you did She's Fine. I was like, oh my God. I you know I hate to say it. It's all flattery. People remember you. You want, we all want to be remembered in some way. So that's if right. anybody actually remembers when they auditioned for you last, I may not remember it, but if you do, that's important. That's good. That's right. Well, 
But Zora, it's it's remembering that casting directors are people. Like we yes. met 10, 12 years ago and I remembered you and you remember me and we're friends. Exactly. I mean, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. Yeah, yeah, that is how it happens. You know, I'm, I'm really good friends with David Rappaport and I met yeah. David Rappaport. A lot of my casting friends remember me from when I was acting. I got called in and then we'll do the speed round, but this you'll appreciate this story. I got called in to Mally Finn's office because a director saw me working in a directing workshop and he she casts all of his movies. So he he was like, oh yeah, I'll give your info to Mally Finn. And I was new to town. So I didn't really know who Mally Finn was at that time, right? And and then I was like, oh, sure he will, sure he will. I was already jaded and bitter at like 26. No, and then sure enough, like a few weeks later, Mally Finn, call, the office calls me in. So the, the great part of this story, because there's two parts of the story. The great part of the story, so I got called in and David was like her assistant at the time and checking people in or running the session like to get to Mally. And so we started talking and he remembered me or, or whatever. And so we stayed friends ever since, right? Yeah. The, the, the hilarious part of this story is I was a general and I, I, I told this story in one other podcast, so I hope I'm not repeating myself, but, but I, I had just moved from New York and I was doing a lot of theater and there weren't generals so much, or I didn't have a lot of experience doing generals, right? You just go in and you do your work and blah, blah, blah. So I had only been here like three months and I had a general with her and I was so passionate about the work, but maybe slightly elitist and snotty about being a New York <laughs> theater actor. So Mally comes, so Mally brings me in. We talk for a long time. She says, I've heard you did some really great work. Joel speaks, it was Joel Schumacher who saw me in, in this directing workshop, oh, right? Cause cool. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that was it. And she's like, so I'll, I'll, so she took some notes and then she's like, so I'll, I'll bring you in for something you're right for. You seem like a really charming, nice guy. Aw. And I was like, oh, great. And I was like, but Mally, I actually would love to do a scene for you. I brought a scene partner. <laughs> so I ran out to the lobby. I got my scene partner who shall remain nameless. And we did a scene from this directing workshop that we had we were in and she went up on her lines. I had to feed her lines. I was a disaster. And Mally was just kind of like going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> It was so awkward. Anyway, and then of course this this I joke that this this actress now lives in Dallas and she's like a, a alcohol bev rep for like a restaurant now. She's not even in the business. But but the the great aha about that was at that time I didn't trust that my own essence, somebody getting to know me, was enough. Yeah, I understand you know what you mean? mean. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So actors, don't do that. If Zora brings you in for a general, don't also have your partner in the waiting room who does not know her fucking lines. Well, you okay. know, another thing that happens too when you do that with the other partner, sometimes the partner can get, because you're so brilliant, you don't oh, even, not, not even looking at you. I'm focusing on the other person going, oh my God, how come I don't know this person? That's, that's true, that is hilarious. I've fired on someone before where suddenly the other person was so amazing. They got completely overshadowed by their scene partner. Well, this did not happen this time to me. <laughs> she did not know her lines. Anyway, uh, okay, let's do our speed round and then okay. you can go spend time with your son. Well, he's uh, ready for basketball. Okay, we're leaving here in one second. Okay. If you weren't, if you weren't a casting director, what would you be? Actress. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite film of all time? Of all time? Or just a favorite film. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, 
Come on, Zora, you're a CD. I know, but that's the thing. I've seen so many billions of films. I know, but in films you revisit or you... Well, I have to say the one I just watched recently that I really enjoyed was Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, okay, wow. That's favorite, that's my new favorite. Really directing, okay. the acting, everything was on point. Who's your celebrity crush? Uh, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> How would you describe acting in one word? Present, believable, that's more than one word. Well, presence, yes, great. What scares you the most? Aging. <laughs> really? You look amazing. Yeah, and I laugh. a lot of that. Yeah, aging. Sucks. My vocal all creaky now. I hate it. Now, uh, oh yeah, my God. Aging sucks. You still have that British stage theater trained voice. <laughs> and my last, my last question is, what's your definition of love? Well, she doesn't know she didn't even have a good love life. Oh, my son says, <laughs> I have a terrible love life. Uh, my definition of love is... Um, loyal. Loyal honesty. Aw, that's sweet. Honestly. I love that your son said she doesn't even have a love life. <laughs> can you make sure you take that off the... <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's like keeper. I mean, I can't. But then, but then he was like loyal. Aw. Okay. I was going to say my definition of love is just this moment right now. That too. I'm loving yes. this moment. I appreciate you too. Yes. Sorry. Right. I love you. I appreciate you. Just tell the uh, listeners where they can find you, not to stalk you and not to linger, but... Well, I'm, I'm active on, you know, Instagram. I'm really big on Instagram. Um, you know, Zora DeHorta Casting, at Zora DeHorta Casting, my full name. I'm on Facebook. I have a fan page on Facebook. I like to post some projects on there sometimes. It's Zora okay. DeHorta Casting on Facebook. Uh, and that's, you know, DM me. Go yeah. from there. Yeah. That's right. And if she, she wants you, she'll find you. I'll find you. I will find you. She'll find you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Zora. Thanks for listening to In The Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.